Yeah, the Kings get ready to take on Minnesota tomorrow, and they're all settled, which means Kyle oh, Draper. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, oh, Whitey. Yeah. Oh, Whitey. Kyle oh, Whitey. Draper ready to go. Oh, 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 yes. oh, oh, oh. Hello, oh, Kyle Draper. Down, big fella. Yeah. This is the Drapes takeover. Can you hear me? This is the <laughs> Drapes takeover right now. I'm taking the show over. The first hour, it was okay. It was solid. Uh-huh. But now it's time to raise the bar. Let's get into Drapes takes. Let's get into Drapes oh, takes, Shay. Right off the down. bat. Take it easy, You know what? Man. Just take it easy. <laughs> Takeover's not going that well so far. Yes, yes, yes. Your boy is back. <laughs> so excited to be on the show, fellas. Let me start with last night's game. Can you hear me? Can you hear me? One, yes. two, three. Yes. Can you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Four, five, six. Can yes. you hear me? Yes. Can you hear me? Seven, eight, nine. Maybe can you, you hear can't me? Hear eight, us nine, back. ten. How much do you want me to count here, Whitey? All right, let's start with Drake State. I, I want to start with last night's game, man. And uh, I, I know Kings fans are upset. I see you guys on social media. You're fired up. You're angry. What did you expect last night when you're without your best player? When you're facing an angry Denver Nuggets team? When you're facing a Denver Nuggets team that was looking to send a message. That, that was written. It mm. was written. Like Nas would say on his album. It was written. That game was written to be played like that. I was impressed by the Kings that they were up, you know, through the first 20 minutes of the game. Like, they came out. But, you know, it it would be hard to sustain. Let me tell you something, Whitey. You know why this game meant more to the Denver Nuggets? Proof. Obviously, they were upset. They got their butts kicked three times by the Kings. Mm -hmm. But Jamal Murray in the fourth quarter still playing. Like, Michael Malone wanted to send a message. The Nuggets wanted to send a message last night and so i'm not upset about the loss i'm not gonna cry over spilled milk or anything like that or jump off a cliff or anything like that sure it was a tough loss would you have liked to see the guys play better but i'm not going to get too upset about last night whitey no i'm with you that's i actually did my own version of your takes earlier and that was basically it was one take which is if you thought the kings had a chance to win that game you're delusional so yes i'm with you 100 percent so hold on, let me get the. You yeah. did a drapes take. I certainly drapes. did. Is, is that what I hear? That's exactly ah, what I did. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I see. I see. What, what, what are you doing? And I'm surprised Jay let you get away with that. To be honest, I thought Jay was my boy. Might have been his idea. With that, but all right, okay. Uh, my my second drapes take. Can we? <laughs> it was. <laughs> it probably was. Can we get to my guy Chris Duarte? Chris Duarte, I think has firmly cemented himself in this rotation. And I'm not talking about the 18 points last night, Whitey. While that was encouraging four of eight from three, this guy gives maximum effort every time he steps on the floor. This guy lays it on the line every time he steps on the floor. And if his shot starts falling like we saw last night, I think Chris Duarte, still with 24 games to go, can prove his value, his worth to the Sacramento Kings team. I'm with you because no one else is coming. You're not going to bring in any fresh faces. He's a guy that has been underperforming. He's still there. Maybe he can essentially be uh, almost like a new uh, a new addition for you if he starts playing better and stays healthy. Yeah, sort of like found money, right? Yeah. Like it's, you know, you're in the couch cushions looking. Or like a found wallet, you're like, maybe. Oh, I, I didn't know this quarter was in here. That's what Chris Duarte yeah. can be for this. Yeah. <laughs> Right? No, that has not happened. Yeah, I'm, oh, I'm still sorry. looking for that. I'm, I'm still looking for the wallet. 
people upset about that. Let me let me, let me get to my last Drapes takes here because I'm hearing a, a lot of people talking about Keegan Murray and how come they go away from Keegan Murray and, you know, how come this guy doesn't get more shots and everything like that. The same Keegan Murray that we saw in the first half, we could have saw in the second half. Don't tell me that they went out there and ran stuff for Keegan Murray and did something special for him, and then they went away from it in the second half. You know as well as I do, Whitey, the Kings offense is equal opportunity. And so it is on Keegan. He had 15 points in that first half, took 12 shots in that first half. The rest of the game, he only took five shots. That's not on Mike Brown. That's not a, That's on Keegan Murray. He came out and looked aggressive right from the jump, especially without De'Aaron Fox. We need that Keegan Murray out there. Yeah, that's true. The whole Kings offense too often last night, uh, for whatever reason, it just it, they were totally out of whack. And obviously, no De'Aaron Fox had an awful lot to do with that. But they should be able to do a better job of keeping things on track, whether De'Aaron Fox is in there or not. Kyle Draper is with us from uh, Minneapolis. I think we're having some no, you're right. audio I mean, issues. Okay, yeah. I think we yeah. got a delay or something going, Kyle, so sorry about that. Yeah, just a little a little delay on this. Yeah. Yeah, let, let, let me reset up, Whitey, and come back, okay? Because there is a little bit of a delay right here. I'm on this hotel Wi-Fi. Sure. And no, I'm not in the La Quinta Inn or the <laughs> Motel 6 or anything like that. You know, this is a high-quality hotel I'm staying in. But this internet seems to be a little off. I'm going to go get a uh, a cord, and we're going to plug in. I think I should be able to uh, plug in and uh, get that set up. But if it's okay with you, man, we can continue like this, the hotel and the and the, uh, the front desk and the break, and get them to bring me up a cord. All right, yeah, let's do that. Thank you, and thanks for uh, fitness in today. Kyle Draper from Minneapolis. And, again, they just flew into Minneapolis today, and uh, my understanding is they got out of Denver a little later uh, than they were planning to. So, but that's what happens when, you know, Drapes comes in and says he's taking over the show. And then you see, you know, you just can't bite off more than you can chew sometimes. But uh, we're a team and we will, <laughs> <laughs> we will hold it together. Yes. You, you know what? I, 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 I will, I will go behind the curtain just a little bit uh-huh. because we were scheduled to leave the hotel at 11 o'clock this morning out there in Denver time. We were scheduled to leave at 11. The team had film at 10.30. The film or whatever meeting they had lasted till about 12 o'clock. It went like an hour over. It went so long, in fact, we were supposed to land in Minneapolis and the team was supposed to go right to practice. They called off practice because the gym wouldn't be available uh, for extra time. And so I'm not sure I got to get to the bottom of this. I got to get to, you know, was the, was the film session that long? Was it a team meeting? Like what happened? Because I was on the bus waiting for the guys for a good 45, 50 minutes. Huh? That's really interesting. I mean, obviously Mm -hmm. there's a lot of things that could be a work there. Yeah. Let's take a real quick timeout. Uh, and then Drapes, you get yourself situated as quickly as you can, and we'll be ready for you whenever you're ready. Uh, when we come back, yeah, we'll look at um, midseason report card for the Kings that has them with a lower grade than 12 of the 14 other West teams. What is that about? We'll find out as we roll on the Drive Guys on Sacktown Sports. Well, 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 what do you make of the Kings' defeat last night in Denver? 117-96. to 96. Kyle Draper's in Minneapolis. He's getting situated. We heard from Kyle a little bit ago. 
Uh, he's got some uh, audio issues. We'll get those squared away as quickly as we can. Get him right back on the air. We did hear um, an addition of Drape's Takes, and earlier in the show, I did my own version of Drape's Takes. We ended up saying the same thing, which basically was the biggest surprise in that game wasn't that the Kings lost, it's that they had a 15-point lead to begin with. And that's not to make excuses. It's not about making excuses for the Kings. But they played the world champions last night. They played in Denver. Kings without De'Aaron Fox. A Denver team that, well, the Kings had their full attention. And Denver was healthy for the first time this year when they played the Kings. So, yeah, the Kings got off to that great start. Um, maybe you could say, wow, once that game slipped away from the Kings, they didn't give up much of a fight. I'll give you that. But otherwise, that was that was a tall order last night. As we said earlier, Jay and I were talking about the situation. Yesterday, the G-Man came on with Kyle from the arena, and we asked G-Man about the game. Hey, you feeling optimistic? And the G-Man said, well, Kings got to lace up the sneakers extra tight tonight. So he, he had an idea what was coming. That said, now tomorrow's another challenging game against the top seed in the West. Minnesota Timberwolves at Minnesota. That's another tough one. It's just at this point, the way the West uh, continues to shape up and the teams below the Kings continue to creep up, you just got to start winning some games. It'd be nice to get one tomorrow. Obviously, you got a lot of home games in March. At some point, the Kings have to find some level of consistency. The Kings want to be playing like everyone does this time of year. You want to be playing your best basketball as the playoffs approach. And you've got some teams in the West that are doing that. The Kings looked like, you know, with the win right before the break at Denver. And then with the win coming out of the break against the Clippers, looked like, okay, look at this. Maybe they're getting ready to go on a run. Then you come home, the tough loss to Miami, the loss last night. Kings are still looking for answers, which is far from ideal. But there you are. That's where they are. I know a lot of people have been very anxious and upset about Mike Brown. We're hearing a lot. We've heard a lot. I know Alan and Chris heard a lot today about Mike Brown. It's Mike Brown's fault. Mike Brown's got to do this. Mike Brown's got to do that. And as I said earlier, certainly respect your opinions and enjoy discussing things with you, whether it's on the air or on the text line, on the chat. Mike Brown, in my opinion, is still, he's still a real asset for this team. I don't think this roster is currently constituted as capable of playing the type of defense Mike Brown wants them to play. They have improved defensively in terms of uh, defensive rating, and I think he deserves a lot of credit for that. But I think the notion that he somehow is part of the problem, I understand that when you're a fan and you look for people to blame and reasons why things are going sideways, you look at the manager or the coach. I just think in this case, I don't think it truly applies. But how about the Kings, what they did at the deadline or what they didn't do at the deadline? Uh, The Ringer today has, um, actually, a couple days ago they posted this. They have report report cards, kind of like a mid-season, a little later than a mid-season report card for all the NBA teams. And they give the Kings a C. Interestingly, you got uh, 14 other teams in the West. 12 of the other teams in the West get a better grade from the ringer for what that's worth than the Kings do. I think uh, Portland and the Lakers are the only teams that, according to the ringer, deserve a lower midseason grade than the Kings. The Lakers are a C- and Portland's, a, I think, a D+. And here's what uh, 
the ringer has to say about the Kings. Kings still lead the NBA in handoff frequency, but they scored a bottom 10 rate on them compared to a top 10 rate last season. And the rest of the NBA has caught a heater, flattening out the Kings' once-pronounced scoring advantage. The really interesting thing about that is I know I have been one of the people banging the drum every game about the defense isn't good enough, the defense isn't good enough, the defense isn't good enough. And I believe that, and I think Mike Brown knows that, and I think the team knows that. But the offense has dropped off dramatically from last year. So going forward, is it realistic to think that the Kings can improve dramatically between now and the end of the year defensively? I mean, really become a much better defensive team? It's possible, but to me it's not realistic. So how about at the other end? Can the Kings become a much better offensive team? I don't know, but it's much more realistic to think that based on what we saw them do last year. And when you see numbers like that, and when you look at the free throw shooting, Mike Brown has said if we were an average free throw shooting team, our offensive rating would be much better. So I've been with Mike Brown, who's been preaching, preaching, preaching. Uh, We're in for a rude awakening if we think that we can just get into the playoffs and succeed there with our offense. But I don't know what else they do. The uh, opportunity to upgrade defensively might have been there at the deadline. We don't know. We don't know for sure what actually was available uh, to uh, the front office. We know that they tried to make a move. We know that they tried to get Pascal Siakam, who would have addressed offensive uh, needs and defensive needs. They didn't get him. And for whatever reason, whatever the other options were, they didn't feel they were worth pursuing. So now you've got basically the same roster. You're running it back after deciding in the offseason to basically run it back. To me, the only thing that makes any sense really is you keep working at the defensive end, but the offense has got to get better. It's got to get somewhere closer to what it was last year if you're going to have a chance of having any success in the postseason. I think it's pretty clear, too, that right now the Kings are a play-in team. Sure, if you look at the standings, they're only, what, they're a game out of fifth? But you've got the Warriors and the Lakers behind them. And they're, you can hear those, I was going to say little footsteps, but obviously some of those guys like LeBron, bigger footsteps. They're coming. Kyle has been saying all along that he doesn't really think the Warriors have what it takes this year to work their way in to the top of the West. But they're right now, they're very close. I think they're two and a half behind the Kings, and the Lakers are two. Um, the Kings just have to put some kind of winning streak together. And in order to do that, they're going to have to find some level of consistency. And so something has to become what they can rely on. Last year, they relied on the offense consistently. They were one of the best. Well, they were the best offensive team we've seen in Sacramento, one of the best offensive teams we've ever seen. This year, we see glimpses of it. And the offense, meanwhile, the offensive rating has plummeted uh, this year, while the rest of the league, so many other teams, actually end up playing much better offense than the Kings. Defensively, they're a little better. They've moved up, what, five spots in defensive rating? That's not nothing. But you move up a few spots defensively, and your offense is not close to what it was, and you end up being a team that's scrapping to stay out of the play-in. Now, if the Kings are a play-in team, which to me looks like they are, There's no shame in that. Last year, I think Kings fans would have really enjoyed uh, a spot in the play-in if they'd gotten out of it. They would have seen that as an accomplishment, assuming they'd gotten out of it. But after year three, last year in the West, this year the play-in looks like, oh, what's going on? I thought we were better than that. It's been a weird year for the Kings in that 
the league has caught them and passed them in a lot of areas. So the reality is, right now, you're looking at the plan with a chance to get out of the plan, maybe finish fifth or sixth. Big picture, a history of the Kings, that's not bad, is it? I mean, when you look at how many years the Kings went without being in the playoffs, if you're a playing team, especially if you're seventh or eighth, you get two chances to get out of that into the playoffs. Big picture, I think, Kings fans, you'd have to take that. Even though a lot of fans think, hey, third last year should be better than that this year. It's a nice thought, but I, right now it doesn't appear very realistic. 339 1-800-920-1140. How about George? Let's talk to George on Sackdown Sports. Hello, George. What's up? Thank you for taking my call. I was just wondering, what is the reason that we're not discussing that we have a serious deficit in the backup point guard? Um, it, it, you cannot have a backup point guard that is, suffers greatly uh, to, to score after, especially when you have your all-star point guard that gives you over 30 points and six rebounds and six assists. Mm-hmm. And then the backup point guard is uh, playing 14 minutes, gives you four points, one rebound and one assist. So you do not have – you have – bad position in the backup point guard. So I'm not exactly sure, but that was very apparent last year also. And till now, we've never really addressed that point. So now when you're having boxes down, you have a much greater possibility you're going to lose a game. Mm -hmm. Thank you, George, for the call. I think if there's an answer to your question, because I know a lot of people have been wondering about that, and I remember talking about it in the offseason and last year, I think the King's answer to that is that Malik basically is your backup point guard, even though he and Fox are on the floor a lot. Malik becomes your backup point guard. Then after that, um, it's Davion for the most part. So I think the Kings feel like all things considered, they're they're okay with that. Um, there is, I, I believe, Patty Mills. I have to double check on this. I think Patty Mills got bought out. He may be on the market. Again, I have to double check on that. Uh, is that somebody the Kings would be interested in? I don't know. I think they feel, though, that between Malik Monk, who, you know, and sometimes he's off guard, and Davion, um, I think they feel like they're okay, they're comfortable with that position. To me, what that speaks to is that this is the issue with the roster. You've got so many guys coming off the bench for the Kings that if you're the coach, you got to decide, do I want to go offense or defense? With so many players, and I know Vazenkov's not playing right now, but he's he's hurt, and I hope he's back soon. He's a very clear example of this. Do I want to go offense? Because he's like, I can go offense with Vazenkov. I'm not going to get anything defensively. Uh, Davion, for the most part, and he's making strides, making progress offensively. But he's a guy like, he's a good defender, but offensively, I don't get anything. Kessler Edwards, he can defend, but I'm I'm probably not going to get much offensively. And so when the coach. Every time he brings somebody in, he has to make that choice. It's tough, especially when you're when you're behind. Boy, we got to stem the tide here. I could put in a better defender, but there's no way then I'm going to be able to score enough to make up the difference. So I think we're seeing here some of the flaws with the roster, which are because some of these guys just haven't improved as much as the Kings were hoping they would have improved by now. Drapes was just talking about Duarte. He gives a glimmer of hope as a guy who maybe can give you a little something uh, at both ends here. 339-1140, Sally on Sackdown Sports. Hello, Sally. What's going on? Hi. Hello. Um, 
Hi, I'm a longtime uh, Kings fan. I just started listening to 1140. Um, Welcome. Welcome. Just, thank you. Isn't it great? Wanted, yes, <laughs> it is. But, you know, last year was so magical that it's such a disappointment that it we didn't improve that. I mean, yeah, in the standings, we're looking a little better, but still... It just doesn't feel like the magical year it felt like last year. Yeah, thank you, Sally. I think you speak for many, 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 many people. I think a lot of people assumed. We all hoped and a lot of people assumed that third seed last year came out of nowhere where I had a schedule. Wow, sky's the limit this year. And instead, it's been an up and down year. And there's been a lot more of a sense of, oh, this is disappointing. This is underwhelming, whereas last year was... I think you use the word magical. The only thing I can say is, and you probably know this, and longtime basketball fans know this, it's not always linear, and that, that's kind of become cliche, but it's true. Uh, I remember the Kings when they busted through in 1999, the lockout year, and they almost beat the Jazz in the first round. I remember some similar conversations about, this team is great. You got Webb. You got Jay will This team's going to win 50 games the next year. And the next year, after that, 2000, they won 44. And they were out in the first round. And it was kind of disappointing. It's like, ah, what happened? Well, then the next year, they broke through, finally won a playoff series before they lost to the Lakers again. Then the year after that, they got to the conference finals. Obviously, what that team did doesn't mean that this team's on their way to the conference finals in a couple of years. But I think it's, it's good to keep that in mind. The assumption that you get better in sports – from one year to the next to the next, it doesn't always happen that way. Uh, so hopefully that's what we're seeing here. It's also possible that some of the things that the Kings could have done to improve, maybe they just weren't there for Monty. Maybe he he had to, you know, make some tough decisions on, mm, we're going to wait. I know Shams, we're going to hear some uh, Shams comments today. Shams says the Kings are still a team to keep an eye on uh, this summer. Fingers crossed. Of course, we've got a long ways to go before this season is over. Uh, 339-1140, If something is missing with the Kings, what the heck is it? We roll on here. Drive, guys. Sackdown Sports. Just uh, taking a hard look at where the Kings are and looking at whether we need a hard reset on our expectations. Thanks for being with us. Kyle Draper getting situated in Minnesota. We should be hearing from Drapes at any moment now. Uh, They left Denver late. Interesting. Drapes says they had a a team session that ran long today. Says it ran really long. We don't know why. Don't mean to <laughs> don't mean to lead any speculation, but facts is facts. We just don't know why that was. So if the Kings are missing something right now, what do you think it is? It's pretty clear the offense isn't what it was. Uh, defensively, they're a little better. But is there kind of a... A, a, a sense of swagger that they had last year. I think it was uh, Sam Amick today. I think he was on with Jay Ross. I think he said, yeah, there's something that was there last year that's that's not there. What the heck is it? 339-1140, 1-800-920-1140. John joins us on Sackdown Sports. Hey, John, thanks for hanging on. What's up? Hi. Hey. No, I was thinking, I was thinking about, that. I was talking about um, different ways to win. Yeah. And I was, it just comes down to matchups. And they're not changing the matchups. They're just trying to get the, the players to play differently. 
But you don't have to have Keegan on your best on their best guy. He, there's always two or three guys that he can guard. Uh, you don't, you know, you can get a lot of different players in. They don't. They the other team then has to. They either have to change, keep the matchup going, offense, defense, or not. So you have a lot of transition disruption. You're talking about cross matchups. Yeah, I gotcha. Okay. It's just about executing, having a plan, executing your matchups, and disrupting the other team. Because you don't have to switch. Have your switches always off their best guy. You can just, there's always two or three guys that you can you can attack, and two and and one or two guys that maybe just sleeps, uh, mm-hmm. you know, on an island. Gotcha, John. Thank you. Um, sounds like John thinks that uh, Kings maybe uh, maybe they're switching too much. And those switches is a big part of Mike Brown's defensive philosophy. It was interesting after the Miami game. He was asked about doubling Jaquez and um, who else would it have been? It would have been uh, Jaquez and Bam and somebody else. And he said, well, I, you know, you can't. He's, he phrased it this way. He said, I don't believe in, you know, you can't uh, doubling more than two guys. When you think about it, you can or you're just, you're just running around like crazy if you're trying to double more than more than uh, two guys. Uh, the matchups have been an issue. As far as John's interesting point about Keegan, Keegan, they think he's their best defender or can be their best defender, so they want him on the other team's top offensive player, and they feel like that's how they're getting the best value out of him. And therefore, they feel like that makes them the most competitive they can be when he's on the floor. Maybe they'll rethink that, but I think so far he's he's shown a lot of growth in that area. 339 1-800-920-1140. I'm sorry, Kyle Draper. Uh, okay, we're going to get Drapes on the phone here. Can I go to Drew real quick? Yeah, Drew with us on Sackdown Sports. Hello, Drew. Hey, how's it going? Good. You know, I wanted to go back to uh, the point you were making earlier. I think that, you know, they you're exactly right. They overachieved last year and everybody's like, "Oh, well, now that they overachieved, things got to happen quick, quick, quick," you know? Like it doesn't just happen, you know, in mm-hmm. a season. You know, you get those miracles once in a while, but you know, like you people got to think. Last like a few years ago, even we were begging to be over 500. Now, now we make one playoff series, and everybody's like, "Well, why aren't they producing as much this year?" It may be up, ups and downs, but you know we're still producing wins. It may not as be as pretty as last year. You know, we had people switch it up a little bit. We, you know, we lost like Terrence Davis and stuff like that. But realistically, like they just need to, like he's like the last caller said, like they need to work on on matchups a little more because I think they're a little inconsistent with who guards who, so they're not getting as comfortable. So when that happens, there's a lot of defensive breakdowns, and it really doesn't, you know, mesh well together when you're not communicating on defense because you're not as comfortable. Mm-hmm. Thank you, but, Drew. You know yeah. what? Go ahead. Yeah. All right, thank you, Drew. Appreciate that. It is unfortunate because in the grand scheme of things, all the years the Kings have had, this year compares favorably for the most part to many of them. And yet there's just more of a sense of, ah, uh, disappointment this year. Let's see what Kyle Draper thinks of all that. Uh, I'm sorry. Next segment. All right. I apologize. Thought Drapes was going to join us here. Kyle Draper will join us uh, uh, next segment here uh, as we've been uh, getting him squared away. Uh, 339-1140, 1-800-920-1140. 
As far as the offense or the defense, I think it's pretty clear the Kings defensively are not a good team and they're not going to be a good team. Was it last night? Mike Brown said, he said, I thought we were okay in stretches. It's pretty clear to me that Mike Brown thought by now or hoped that his team would be better defensively. And since they didn't make any moves at the deadline, it's apparent that the Kings defensively, they are what they are. Doesn't mean they still can't get a little better. Uh, They still need to play with more intensity. They still need to close out better and more consistently. But I don't think they're going to be a very good defensive team this year. The improvement they've made, we all said, if you can move from 25th to maybe 20th, hey, uh, with the offense you have, that should be good enough. Mm, it's okay. Uh, the Kings are contending for a playoff spot, but they're not where they hoped they'd be because the offense has fallen off. 339-1140, Tim joining us on Sackdown Sports. Hello, Tim. Tim? Yes. yes, can you hear me? Yes, sir. Fire away. Yes, how you? Yes, sir. yes uh, here's the problem. Until we start acting like a championship organization, we're never going to be a championship contender. Uh, you know, one, the organization failed us by not upgrading this roster. Like, if you want, if we, if we want to stay as a play-in spot, that's what we're going to be. Let's go after it and get after it as fans, as, as announcers, everybody. We've got to try to win championships. Miami's not thinking, oh, oh, we're going to be a play-in spot and be satisfied with that. Uh, you know, like, yeah. we, need, we need to get after it. Mm-hmm. I understand. Thank you for the call. I've, from a fan standpoint, I'm not sure how much that helps. I think it, it behooves fans after years of wandering in the wilderness to be somewhat patient with a group that came in and with first year of coach, they they were a three seed. Um, and, yeah, the expectations, it's obvious uh, that the inclination is to we want more the next year. Might not Get more this year. Might. We still don't know yet. But I don't think it's, um, I don't know, to me it's not prudent to to get impatient already. I understand your point, and I understand the frustration. To me, when, when you say you got to be a championship organization, to me what I hear you saying is they didn't do anything at the deadline. They hardly did anything in the offseason. They didn't do anything at the deadline when clearly they had a chance to upgrade their team. And I'm not sure that any of the moves that were available to them would have been worth making. And I also know that the Kings were in on Siakam. Why it fell apart, we don't know. Was it Siakam didn't want to come here? That probably was a big part of it. Uh, Was it because Toronto wanted Keegan and the Kings weren't willing to part with Keegan? That probably was a big factor too. But if the Kings made a run at Siakam, and by all accounts and all appearances they did, that means they were trying. And I don't blame them if they looked at Siakam and said, he's going to help us. We made a run at him, but just because we didn't get him, we're not going to go after Kyle Kuzma. You are limited by what's available to you. So that's why I understand your point. You want to be a championship team. Let's go. Let's do something. I don't think we can indict Monty McNair yet for his inactivity because we're not sure what other options were. And again, Shams said today, he said today, he said, keep an eye on the Kings going forward this summer. They've got a lot of assets available. If this continues, if this offseason they didn't do anything, and then next year they start to decline, then I think it's time to start hooting and hollering. For now, it's hard uh, to be patient because we want the Kings to start winning, but unless we know exactly who is available, 
and what other options were out there. I'm not ready to indict the front office yet for their inactivity. Michael, uh, Sacktown Sports, 339-1140, Hello, Michael. Hey, how's it going, everyone? Good. What do you got? Uh, just uh, just kind of observations for the Kings. It's like I, I feel like I understand Rashawn Holmes had some issues, but I think we really should have kept that first-round pick given the fact we made the playoffs. We lost that this year's 2024 pick because I, I feel like a lot of teams are getting stingier. Um, and that's one thing I'll give a uh, knock on Monty and drafting Davion Mitchell. He's two, he's an undersized one guard, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. And then, and then what really bothered me, and I don't know what your guys' thoughts are, but the moment, uh, Fox switched from the Kobe Bryant shoes to, uh, joining our rivals company of Steph Curry. I really think that kind of the demeanor, the, the, you know, you got to have that oomph, man. You got, you know, it's your rivals, like, you know, Rick Fox getting punched by, Doug Christie type of stuff. I don't know. Our energy is a little off. We're too buddy-buddy. But, uh, yeah, I just wanted to just send my thoughts. But, yeah, thanks, guys. All right. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, I haven't really thought about that much. I know other people have made that point. Something to keep an eye on. I have a hard time believing, knowing what a competitor Darren Fox is, have a hard time believing that that would um, change his demeanor or his outlook at all. Understand your point, though. Uh, let's see. How about Matt? 339-1140, Hello, Matt. What's up? Hey, how you doing, man? Good. Let's chat with Matt. What do you got? Hey, um, I, I may be a minority opinion here, but I, I'm calling in to preach patience. Um, the last time the Kings were good, if my memory serves me correctly, didn't it take three consecutive years to break through with a first-round playoff victory? They lost to the Jazz 3-2, to two, I believe, in 99. Yes. Lost to the Lakers 3-2 in 2000. Yes. And then finally beat the Suns in Correct. 01. So, Correct. So, hey, as long as we make the playoffs, we're still on a winning path, on a winning trajectory, right? Mm-hmm. That's what we're playing for here. Yes. Thank you for the call. You're, you're 100% right. I think I made that point earlier. I will say the previous caller mentioned the draft picks. That's one thing that's – it's hard uh, to stomach as a fan of a team in a small market. You know, first-round draft picks are so important. You know, De'Aaron Fox was a great pick. Uh, Keegan was a really good pick, maybe a great pick. And then Halliburton was a great pick, and you got Domas for him. Um, As far as Davion, we don't know. Yeah, you're right. He has not been a great pick. And then to this year not have a pick, that that really hurt. You're trying to get better, and you see some of the uh, other youngsters in the West, some of the first-round picks, really blossoming and showing promise. But that's the deal the Kings had to make to get where they got to last year. Um, That's another reason why I think they were so reluctant to trade any of those picks to bring in any veterans uh, at the deadline. How's that going to work out? We'll see. But I think right now, enjoy the rest of this year. There's a lot to enjoy and uh, patience next year. But, yeah, things have to happen this offseason. I'll tell you what else will happen. Kyle Draper will join us when we come back. Drive Guys on Sackdown Sports. Thanks for being with us. Appreciate all the conversation, um, all the views on the Kings, where it is right now. It seems that we're at a crossroads with the game coming up in Minneapolis tomorrow. Then the Kings are back home. A lot of games left in March. Things getting dicey as you look at the schedule. So where do the Kings go from here? Let's find out from play-by-play voice of the Kings. 
And man, his Mercedes Benz commercial is new and is beautiful. Oh, it sure is. And it's yeah. jumping, isn't it? Kyle Draper! <laughs> What's up, fellas? Oh, my God. Got that nice music Did you behind see it. Commercial yesterday? Did you see it during the game? Yeah, what is that oh, one? Okay. Hi, I'm Kyle Draper. I'm the announcer for <laughs> your favorite team. <laughs> wink, wink. <laughs> exactly right. <laughs> hey, I, I can't use Sacramento teams in it. Though. I know. That's I know. the problem. I mean, <laughs> and so I got a few texts yesterday. Everybody's like, Drapes, we saw your commercial. I'm like, oh, snap, it's running? Yeah. Oh, man, I didn't I make it big time now, man. <laughs> the kingdom, baby, the kingdom. <laughs> oh, man. So, no, it's, it's been great, man. I'll tell you what, though. I don't know if you guys have, have noticed, like, the the travel that the Kings have been on these last two months. We talk about their season, their schedule this month and everything, and, 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 and they're not reaching expectations. I think they've had eight straight games, guys, off of travel, meaning they fly to a city, play a game, then mm-hmm. fly out. Like, they haven't been in the same spot for two straight games, and I think in eight games. And I think it continues tomorrow in Minneapolis. It continues Monday in Sacramento. Then we go to L.A. Then we come back to SAC. And so it's it's no joke, man. It's, uh, I don't know what Adam Silver been thinking, but he didn't <laughs> give us our boys any breaks uh, these last two months. Drapes, what do you think of this idea? Maybe you don't think there's anything to it, but I think Sam Amick mentioned it today on the station. And I know fans see it just looking at the chat comments here. Is there if there's something missing with this team compared to last year? Is there something missing? And if so, what in the world is it? I would say there certainly appears to be a, a lack of swagger. There's a confidence that was there last year that certainly isn't there right now. No, it, it, there is something missing, and and I can't put my finger on it. I, I think it's execution in the fourth quarter. You know, last year it, it was like they figured out a way to win games. Now it's like when they go to hit that button to answer back, it just doesn't, it just doesn't click for this team. And so I, I don't know what's going on regarding that. Obviously Darren Fox is still putting up big time fourth quarter minutes but last year. He just always delivered. The problem is we haven't been in a whole lot of close games where we can get to that clutch point and where Darren can take over. I also think, you know, when you look at, Mike Brown and his first year, there's that honeymoon stage, right? Yep, yep, yep. Any, Anything coach says, oh, yeah, okay, coach, yeah, you know, we're excited, we're fired up. Now these guys are like, you know, it's the second year, it, the expectations are higher, they're not playing to break a streak anymore, a drought anymore, and I believe Mike Brown is also asking more of them as well, too. Like, I think he's harder on them. I think he has a shorter leash on some guys, and so it just isn't flowing and clicking like it did a season ago. I made a point a little bit ago. I wonder what you think of this. I think Mike Brown faces some tough choices when he has to go to the bench because quite often, not all the time, but quite often when he's bringing in a player, he has to choose between offense or defense. I mean, a lot. Like, Mm -hmm. I use Sasha as an example. I know he's not playing right now. You know, Sasha's like, well, I'm not going to get any defense, but he can shoot. Uh, Davion, well, he hasn't been, he's been shooting the ball a little better, but he's a defensive player. 
Uh, Kessler Edwards, people wonder, why doesn't he play? Well, you know, offensively, I'm not getting anything. So I think that's one of the things that makes it difficult for Mike Brown, and maybe that's one reason why his rotations have been a little inconsistent. There's not a lot of two-way guys there right now anyway. Maybe Duarte becomes that, but a lot of these guys, it's either you can count on one or the other, but not both from them. Yeah, that's true, Whitey, but but I'll push back and say, wasn't it that way last season? Was Terrence Davis a, a, a lockdown defender? No, was sir. Medi Metu a, a lockdown defender? And so I, I think when you look at this year's Kings team versus last year's Kings team, I think the top seven were more consistent last year. Like this year, it, one day it's Kevin Herter who's struggling. Next day is Keegan Murray who's struggling. Then it's Malik Monk. And I felt like last year we had more games where everybody was clicking, mm -hmm. if you know what I mean, mm -hmm. especially after the All-Star break, especially the second half of the season. Like, Keegan struggled a little bit last December, but he snapped out of it. Kevin Herter went through his little spell after the uh, All-Star game three-point contest. And so I just think this year it seems like everybody sort of – not on the same page or clicking at the same time as much as last year. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, I just feel that with the Kings right now, the path forward the rest of the year has got to be improved offense, you know, and I've been preaching defense isn't good enough. Defense isn't good enough. Well, it's a little bit better. We know that this numbers say it's better. thought I was telling last night, Mike Brown said, I thought at times our defense was okay. <laughs> you know, that's like the best he could say, but I think it's not realistic to think that the defense between now and the end of the year is going to dramatically improve. Offensively, we know what they did last year. I think there's a better chance of them finding some consistency there, and I think that's what they got to lean into the rest of the way. Yeah, but let me ask you this too, Heidi, and I agree with you. I, you got to go with what got you there, basically. You got to be who you are. They're an offensive team. Like, is this is that a coaching thing, or do we just need guys to make more shots? You know what I mean? Like, mm -hmm. we, we talk about the, where this offense has had its shortcomings. It's not as potent as it was last year. It seems to me to be the same offense. It seems to me that they're getting a lot of good shots. Guys just aren't clicking like they were. Think about it. Keegan Murray set a rookie record in three-pointers made last season. We know Keegan's a great shooter. We know that. But his numbers are down. Kevin Herter had a career year shooting the ball. His numbers are down. And so I understand wanting to lean into the offense. You also look at the pace, too. The pace is down from a season ago. And so I think it's the same offense. I don't think there's no any new wrinkles, really. I think it's mostly the same offense. But for some reason, they are not performing at the level that he did last year. Well, one reason, I know Mike Brown has talked about this. We all know it. Just the foul shooting is terrible. Not only are they yeah. missing foul shots, they're not getting to the line as often, and that can have a profound impact on your offense when you, that's happening game after game after game. I think that's part of the problem. Yeah, 100%. And when you look at shooting 79% last year versus 70-71 this year, you know, you're talking five or six points a game. Exactly. You leave it on the floor. Yeah. And can you imagine if this team was averaging five more points? And also, Whitey, to your point, when teams go on runs, what's a great way to slow down those runs? Mm -hmm. Get to the free throw line. Maybe you're not making three-pointers. You know what? Get to the free throw line. Get yourself going. We haven't seen that this year. And so I agree with you, man. It's just, I, I, you know, I think when you look at last year, everybody says, oh, you caught people by surprise. I don't think – 
that's necessarily the case. I think you surprised your own selves. I don't think anybody expected that team to be a 48-win team. And once you win 48, that's the expectation. That's the bar you set for yourself. And now everybody says, everybody's back, pretty much ran it back, another season together. We should at least have the same results. And the wins have been there, but it just doesn't feel the same. I will say this, though. When you look at the Western Conference and you look at the standings, as bad as it feels to be a Sacramento King fan right now, the team you think may be underachieving, things aren't clicking like it was a season ago, look at the teams that are right around the Sacramento Kings when it comes to the Western Conference standings. I got the standings right here. They're a half game behind Dallas. They're a game behind New Orleans. They're a game behind Phoenix. I bring this up because yeah. – as helter-skelter of a season as it feels for the Kings, it's like that for other teams, too. Yep. Like, you know, Dallas, we, we look at Dallas like, oh, man, they're having this great year. They made some great moves. They're only a half a game up on the Kings. Phoenix, they got Brad Beal. They made all these uh, moves. They're only a game up. And so as bad as it feels, the Kings could be as high as five or they could be as low as ten. And so – with these last 24 games, I hope that they go on a run, obviously. I hope, but it, it's still there for them. Like, I, here's the thing, though, too, Whitey, real quick. I don't think they're having the same conversations in Dallas that we're having here in Sacramento. I don't think they're having the same conversations in New Orleans that we're having here in Sacramento. But yet, the Pelicans are only a game up on us. And so why are we – feeling so negative about this season when two teams right ahead of us by a half game in a game are feeling great about their season so far. It's a great question. We'll answer that. Also uh, tell you why one big time NBA insider says, keep an eye on the Kings this summer next with the drive guys on Sacktown sports. 